Welcome to the start of another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm John Nelson here in Atlanta on each show. We bring you the latest high school football stories from around the state. This show is an extension of the Football Fridays in Georgia broadcast that we do on GPB TV and all the GPB platforms. It debuts over the air this Friday. More on that later when Hannah Gooden hops in. But before then, still a lot to talk about. Let's bring in the co-pilot from the borough, Tommy Palmer. What is up, sir? Oh, my goodness. Colquitt and Valdosta. Just finished. <laughs> it just finished, right? Yeah, just finished. You know, just moments ago. Final <laughs> 50 to 49, okay? 99 points. T.J. Daly wow. had 192 yards from scrimmage, five TDs, and the fifth one was a two-yard run with 105 to go. Tate Rodemaker! 17 to 24 for 281. Two-point conversion to take the lead. Colquitt missed a 41-yard field goal in the final seconds. Both of these teams, Tommy, and you saw the, the the cut down highlight version of four hours into 12 minutes. Both of these teams are loaded. They are definitely loaded. I'm telling you, these were two great football teams really going after it. I think they've been playing each other over 100 years, to be quite honest about it. And Valdosta, man, I tell you what, who, you know, I think is probably the number one team in 6A. Yep. Uh, gosh, this is a good football team. And they, got, they probably will make a serious run at the 6A title if they don't stump their foot somewhere along the way. But I don't think they can keep playing these 50-49 things. I really don't. They're not good for the heart. No, no, no. And when you said that these two teams have been playing for 100 years, I thought you were talking about Friday night specifically. <laughs> well, I guarantee you the people are there will be talking about this thing, and their children's children will be talking about this thing for probably 100 years down the road. In the top five that you had, the second game on the board, Grayson knocking off Marietta 28-14 in a game that actually I think did go into Saturday morning because of Mother Nature. Yeah, I tell you what, I couldn't believe it because there were so many games that did not finish until after midnight on Friday night. A weather system came through North Georgia and really, you know, it kind of messed up everybody's um uh, what we call mojo. Uh-huh. If you, 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 you follow what I'm saying when I say that. Yep. It's, it's difficult to start a game, have a rain delay, lightning delay or whatever, and then come back and, and you know, still have the adrenaline pumping like you did when you showed up and, to play at 7.30 or 8 o'clock. But it was a good football game, 28-14. to 14. A little bit of a surprise to me. I thought it would have been closer. You know, 14 points is not bad. But when you think Grayson and Marietta – you're, you're thinking the same kind of thing as you got with Colquitt County Valdosta, maybe 35-34, you know, a late miss field goal or something of, of that nature. Harrison Bailey completed 50% of his passes but was intercepted four times in the game. So obviously the tape on that one that Adam Carter was able to do, that one's going to get out. Third victory in five times, five tries against a top-ranked team, the first since Grayson knocked off Archer back in 2015. Let's go back to Central Georgia for your number three. Houston County and Peach, this one was a fun one if you're looking at it from the outside, not necessarily if you're a fan of Hoco or Peach County. 
Yeah, and it, it it tells me that Houston County, who came into the game three and zero, is as good as advertised, because they stayed right there with them. I think they fell behind by two touchdowns, scored twice in the fourth quarter, and uh, then go for two and win the football game, thirty two, thirty one, thirty three, thirty two. Memory serves me not so well yeah. on that final score, but I was close. Yeah, it was thirty two, thirty one. Yeah. 31. Yep. yeah. 32-31, Max Rigsby throws for 272. Houston County ranked for the first time since 2016, and uh, we could do a certain tie-in a little later on with somebody's segment, and she talked to a linebacker, I believe, from Houston County as a part of her yearly stuff, and we'll get to talk about that one as well. Houston County has veterans this upcoming weekend. That's going to be a fun one as well. Troop in Harris County, and Harris County, they're not afraid to play anybody, the Tigers from Hamilton, but Troop... Kobe Hudson, an electric offense, and once again, Troop on patrol for Tanner Glisson. It just tells me you've got your great athletes still on offense. 27-21 the final in this one. Troop is as good as advertised. Harris County probably a little better than advertised, in my opinion. Troop's got Callaway. They're at Callaway at Callaway Stadium this Friday, 3-0 and versus 2-1. and That one you will not be Ooh. able to find a seat for in the town of LaGrange. And the fifth one that you wanted to focus on for games of the week that have played, Camden County, Richmond Hill. And I think that this one speaks just about as much as it does about Bob Spire and Camden as it does Matt Lazad and what he's built at Richmond Hill. He's really done a good job there. And I think Camden had a score late to win this one, 24 to 20. Camden County is as good as advertised. They've got some great players on that football team. They're in that 1-7A region, and it's going to be a dogfight to the end to see who's first, second, third, and fourth. But Richmond Hill, in my opinion, has done a really good job of building this program, and it is competitive, and they are going to be the real deal in 6A, in my opinion. Now, going to the week that will be from the week that was, let's start off with one of the teams that we've already talked about in Colquitt County. They end up now at 2-1 and one going up against Warner Robbins, who is 3-0 and oh here in the early part of the season. The thing that will hurt Colquitt this week will be uh, uh, the adrenaline yep. part of it. Yep. it. It's tough to play an emotional game 50-49 to 49 that you do not win. And, of course, Warner Robbins is loaded up, and they're probably ready to leave today. Hey, let's go ahead and play. <laughs> you know, Warner Robbins is really good. Colquitt County, a very good football team. But this is not an emotional game for them like the Valdosta game was. And, and that could be a, a that could be a problem, John, in my opinion. Warner Robbins 3-0. and Jalen Addy, 13 of 30 for 254 and 3, was also intercepted twice. Warner Robbins, 514 yards of total offense in their win over Baldwin, forcing four turnovers as well. Now let's go to Gwinnett County. A lot of pretty good Gwinnett County matchups this week, and the one that you had spot-shadowed, Norcross and Archer. Archer coming off their loss to Mill Creek at 10-7, game stopped in the second quarter. Archer conceded defeat in the non-region contest rather than finishing it on Monday. So Archer comes in 2-1 and one going up against Norcross, who's 0-2. Unbelievable that Norcross is 0-2, but they'll be there at the end. Archer probably is ready to get ready for Norcross. I think that's probably why they didn't want to continue. And Archer's a really good football team, top 10 football team. So is Norcross, even though they're 0-2. Both of these teams are quality football teams and play great football. No doubt about it. 
halfway point, and then there will be no bands. We're just going to keep going right through halftime and head right into the second half of the show here. Dublin and Brooks, Roger Holmes, a guy like Maurice Freeman on the other sideline, playing anybody, anyplace, anytime, anywhere. Could be I-16, could be I-75, could be wherever you want it to be. Could be an open field where they just kind of throw a a set of stands in. Dublin was off this past week at 2-0. They go to Quitman, Brooks County, 1-2 after their loss to Bainbridge, 27-26. I've broadcast a couple of times from Brooks County back when I was at Early County down in southwest Georgia in that 1AA region down there. It it is not a friendly place to play a football game, and it's tough to win there. The crowd is just absolutely... loaded with rabid fans they are just unbelievable place if you've never been it's a bucket list stadium it need you need to go it is really something to see it really is it's a great atmosphere great high school atmosphere let me say this and and i'm not trying to put the monkey on you know roger holmes back but (laughs) i think (laughs) think, this is just my opinion i think this is his best team he's had since he had the state championship co-championship years ago. I really believe that. He's he's just got some really good football players, and Dublin is the deal. After what they did to Swainsboro, who is really good this year, uh, I, I'm convinced that Dublin can make a serious run at AA. And you're, you mentioned Swainsboro. Swainsboro is in Sandersville this week. 2-1 and one Swainsboro going up against 3-0 and oh Washington County. You had two more games on your spot, Shadow. Denmark and Dawson County. Denmark with their high-powered offense. Sid Maxwell's pedigree now up at Dawson County. So what can Denmark do? That's the question. Well, Denmark uh, is in their second year, and uh, I I would assume they're learning to win, but they've done a really good job and paid attention in class. They're in the top ten in a lot of polls as well. And, of course, Dawson County, very good. I think this will just be a high-scoring, really good high school football game. And the last one on your list is Wayne County, who's now 2-0 after knocking off Buford, South Carolina over the weekend. They were up 35-0 at the half, cruised to a 27-point win. Going up against Glen Academy, and this one's in Brunswick. The Red Terror is at 1-1. One Yes, it is. And this is uh, one of those annual rivalries. And uh, they don't care for each other very much. I mean, you know, they respect each other. But this is one of those really hard-hitting southeast Georgia football games. And it's going to be a really good one. Wayne County's loaded. Glen Academy, I'm not really sure how good they're going to be this year. But they'll be the, they'll be there in the end and make the playoffs late in the year. But Wayne County and Glen Academy is always a great football game coming down the stretch. And we're not even at the halfway point anymore. So this is going to be a good one. And if you've also, and uh, let me add another stadium to your bucket list, Glen Memorial, after the renovations, went down there for 912 Sports Media Day. It looks fantastic. So it's a great stadium in Brunswick. And if you haven't, if you don't have any allegiances on your Friday night, you're looking for a place to go, and you're in Southeast Georgia, go catch where, uh, go catch Wayne and Glen Academy. Helping us fill in the all of the other holes and the other stuff, and that's the official term. GPB Sports Hannah Gooden coming in to catch things, catch us up with things. And uh, you were up in the mountain region this past weekend. And you got to kind of see what life is like up there. What is on your mind as we head into this week? Guess what? What? 
It's game week. Game week. I think she's slightly excited about the over-the-air uh, game of the week, Tommy. Sounds like it to me. I, I thought she'd lost her voice there for a moment. <laughs> I just got so excited, I just couldn't even talk she anymore. went she went like three octaves higher than we're used to when it comes to, that's how excited she is promoting the over-the-air game of the week on gpb gpb.org the gpb sports app facebook twitter you name it that's where it is and what is our game of the week well if you're living under a rock uh, well what just reinforce it it's milton versus roswell there you go absolutely cannot wait for this game. And we picked this game to broadcast first. It's our very first televised game this Friday Mm -hmm. because it's one of the biggest rivalries in the entire state. Roswell leads the series 38 to 25 to 1. And this rivalry dates back to 1950, John. Yep. And one of the things that we had posed to everybody on Friday when Matt Stewart and I were down in LaGrange catching up with the Callaway Cavaliers and Tank Bigsby. In the city of Atlanta, can you name a rivalry that is as long and as storied as this? And folks, and uh, the commander Steve Graham brought up Mariston St. Pius. And so that's the question for everybody listening. If you're in the city of Atlanta, give us your rivalry. Is it as, is it as long and as storied as 1952? So that was a, that's a good one. And Tommy, you had this one as the number one game on your list for the games happening this week. I certainly did for a reason. These two North Fulton teams are going to get after it Friday night. You better be watching. Excellent plug. See, I like how you do that. That's a great plug to just follow right in behind what Hannah was talking about. It's the number one game on his list. Hannah gets to talk about it and promote it a bunch of different ways, and it's going to be a great interactive experience, too. Yeah, and here's a few more reasons to watch, too. Roswell has won four of the last five games, but Milton got the last laugh when the Eagles won the 7A state championship last year. This game is going to be huge. The Eagles are 1-2 and two on the year, beat Alpharetta 45 to nothing on the road last Friday. The Hornets are two and one and coming off a 35 to nothing win over Campbell. So both shut their opponents out last Friday. I will be hosting the halftime show. Yep. John, you'll be on the sidelines. Yep. What's a hot topic story for the game on Friday? Well, I, really, I'm looking at Milton, Tommy, because Milton is having to come all the way back across the country after losing to J. Sarah Catholic 17-14. They took 60 players with them for this California showcase that they had out west. And they showed themselves to be very well getting out to a 14-0 lead. I just think that fatigue and air travel and all that stuff caught up with them. Losing 17-14, Tommy, I'm looking at Milton and how they respond to a long road trip. Uh, I tell you, that's going to be an issue. But I would imagine by the time they get to Tuesday's practice, everything will be back to normal. Milton and Roswell, this is going to be a real good football game. What he said. Any last words, Hannah? Absolutely. Let me drive it home again. It'll be televised on Friday. Kickoff is 7.30 p.m. We'll also be streaming on our website. That's gpb.org slash sports. We'll be streaming on Facebook, Twitter, the GPB football app. You can also find us on social media at GPB Sports on all of our platforms, all of those I just mentioned, as well as Instagram and YouTube. Don't miss this game. It's going to be amazing, and I just can't wait. What she said. That's it for us today. I'm John Nelson. Thanks, as always, to my co-pilot down there in Statesboro, Tommy Palmer, and to the lady to my left, Hannah Gooden. You can reach us at gpb.org slash podcast. Subscribe to us for free. Anywhere your favorite podcasts are found, go to your favorite podcatcher. Put us in quotes. Save it. Get the notifications every single time. You can also follow the GPB Sports team. All right, so let me see if I got this right. It's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube. Did I miss anything? Got them all. Nice. 
Be sure to tune into the season premiere of Football Fridays in Georgia at GPB TV this Friday, 7.30 p.m. Our podcast is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. Football Fridays in Georgia podcast is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you at the game.